Okay, we are live. This is w- Wicked Spursy. Although after the the week that we've had, we may have to change our name to Let's Play Better or something like that. But we are Wicked Spursy. We're three guys from the Vermont Spurs talking about our favorite favorite football club and, and favorite pastime, Tottenham Hotspur. So hey, Steve, how you doing? Good to see you. Doing well. I wish I could say I was doing well, but after that, I maybe maybe not so much. Indeed, it's been a long week. Mike, how about you? How are you, sir? Uh, I lost about, uh, shoot, 17 more hairs out of my head. Yeah. Uh, I wish they would just go into this giant beard that I'm growing, uh, but the beard can't hide my uh, can't hide my my giant frown that I have today after this this week of uh, of football in the Premier League. <laughs> that's um, that's a good way to put it. It's been a, a it's a, been a rough week. It was a week ago we did our first episode of this, and I think we had a different different lens on the world. So let's let's just get into it. Let's let's paint the picture of this past week. So we had Wickham on Monday um, in a cup game. Went reasonably well. We had Liverpool. We knew it would be tough on Thursday. I'm guessing we weren't all that surprised by what we saw, but but certainly disappointed. And then today, you know, looking back to away at Brighton last year when Hugo um, got the injury, I think we got trounced 3-0. Like, it was an ugly day. And in, in my memory, you know, that was kind of the official end of the Poch era, although it didn't happen immediately, but that was kind of when things um, started going downhill. But So here we are. It's been a rough week. Um Let's start with Steve. What, what what's your your lens on just kind of the the week in general? What what did we see and what are you thinking about? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot, and the way that I want to sum this up is this week was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right, the good we won our cup game. We were supposed to win the game. You know, I think the score line for that one wasn't necessarily a reflection on how the game was. You know, I think we we with Ndombele coming on and and getting a couple there, um, looked better than we had been for the majority of the game. Um, The bad, obviously, Liverpool, uh, the lineup to me just didn't make sense. We'll talk more about that, you know, a a little later on. Um, And then things after the second half just kind of completely collapsed, and and that was miserable. Um, But, we, you know, we knew that that would be a tough game. The ugly being Brighton, I mean, this is a game where – on paper, we should have won. The B team should have won. Like this isn't they're seventeenth or they were seventeenth. I'm not sure if this was enough to climb up up a spot or, or not. But uh it should have been an easy game on paper. We've got the talent, even with the injuries. And that must have been the worst game that I have seen in recent memory. I mean, just absolutely miserable. Um I'm almost dreading talking about it, you know, a little later on here, but uh Rough week, rough, rough all around for sure. Yeah, I don't think we can argue with that, Steve. What about you, Mike? How would you paint the the picture of the past week in in your words? What do you think? The, the picture it looked like uh, you know a guy like me from Vermont going into uh, a museum and uh, you know trying trying to make sense of a of a Picasso. Uh, or any of these, uh, you know, any of these paintings that, you know, these abstract paintings, I, I don't even know what I, what I was looking at. Um, quite honestly, um, was that, was that Tottenham out there? They, they, they looked as far as the week goes, as the week went on, they looked more and more defeated. 
and I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say ex- except it's kind of like we caught a cold on Monday, you know, pushed through it, and then on top of the cold, like a fever came, and that fever really knocked us down, and that fever was Liverpool, and now Brighton, you know, we should have stayed in bed probably. Because I don't think it made any difference being out there on the pitch today. So I mean, I think the week the week progressively got worse, and I and I and I really don't even know what to think anymore sometimes. But um, you know, I mean, maybe it's going to change. Who knows? You know, like like we said before, every team goes through some some ups and downs, some bad spots, and I think we might just be in a bit of a rut right now. Again, like I said last week, I think. We're right where we probably should be. Yeah, that may be the unfortunate truth, Mike. No question. When I when I look back on this this week, you know, I'm 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 trying to envision um, where my where my head was during each game. So Monday's game was one of those scenarios, and I'll just pause for a moment. My uh, one of the the really cool things about my experience with supporting Spurs is um, I've got a sister that lives in Chicago and she has kind of jumped on the the wagon with me. So during games, she and I kind of just live text back and forth with e- with each other and just, you know, talk about what we saw and predict what's happening. And that's kind of fun. Um, and uh, Monday was one of those games where I wasn't able to, to get on the game and start watching it, you know, from the start. So, she, you know, I get this text from her while I'm trying to do some work, you know, Wickham score since really that's this is where we are uh this is a familiar path and then a little bit later we we equalized and it was after that that I was able to to get on and actually watch the rest of the match and you know it's that that late 1-1 one, one and and you're you're going what's going are we really going to draw to these guys are we really going to have to go extra time you know what's this going to look like and then we we found some life and and finished on a hot streak and it felt like all was right with the world uh, Thursday's Liverpool game, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a, a couple guys that I, um, I don't work directly with, but we, we interact with each other a lot through work and they're Liverpool guys. And so, you know, how Liverpool guys can be, they, especially now there's a lot for them to talk about. And, uh, so taking heat from them, but again, I was really busy and wasn't able to engage in the game until late. And when I got on the game, it was one of those where I literally watched it for about 10, 15 minutes and was so just disgusted with what I was seeing that I, I kept kept up with getting my work done and finishing what I needed to do. And those situations for me are few and far between where I just say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to throw this one in the bag and, and move on. And then today was um, not only challenging because it's funny, a late, late Sunday afternoon game, right? Like I, I found I've adjusted to the... I don't mind the 7 a.m. Saturday or Sunday games. It helps me to be productive on the weekend to have that, you know, occur early and then get on with the rest of my day. And today I felt a little aimless just going, yeah, there's a there's there's something on a 2.15 that I'm going to watch and then talk about a little bit later. And then to have Sunday afternoon ruined by a dismal showing with no energy, with no focus, um, shambolic on defense and every other part of the field. I mean, it was it was just painful, just brutal. And uh not feeling that awesome right now, you know. Still love our club, but not feeling that awesome about the uh, the showing today. So, what if we do this? Let's uh, let's start with Mike. Let's talk Liverpool because um, I don't think it's worth spending a whole lot of time talking about Wickham Championship side. We should have trounced them. We did late. That is what it was, and it's done. Not indicative of this week. But Mike, if you talk about Liverpool, talk us through your reaction. What did you think about lineups? What did you think about how the how the match played out? Just give us give us your uh, your view on things. 
So Liverpool, yeah, we're, 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 we're in a 3-4-3 or whatever Jose wanted to run that day. Um, you know, the lineup is what it was what it was, um, you know, out of out of necessity. So um, kind of expected, you know, that you're going to see Ben Davis out there. You're going to see I'm going to call him Ben Davies. Sorry, guys. Um, there, there is an IE in there, and we pronounce that in, in Vermont. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you boy, Doherty, um, you had to expect that pick with Regulon being out. Um, it looked like Jose was going back to – I thought he was going to go back to not trusting Sanchez, and um, we proved wrong today. Um, but – you know, looking at Liverpool, you know, you got a team that's at the at the time had gone like five games in a row in the league without without winning. Um, you know, four of those they didn't even score in, uh, and that's not Liverpool. So you know, you have to think think going into the game that they're gonna they're probably gonna be a little dangerous. Um, we lost Harry to an ankle injury. Um, he was gone after halftime. I you know quite honestly. Um, seeing that injury I don't even know how it continued on for the rest of the half uh, honestly but um, you know Sonny had the the offside by what the fingernail um, I, I you know there's there's so much to unwrap in this game um, but I still felt kind of hopeful coming out of halftime um, and I, I really think that <laughs> I, maybe now I'm seeing that a lot of uh, our early season midfield play was kind of masking the, the fact that Dyer just may not really have it back there. Um, he was on on that Firmino goal. He was pretty taken advantage of as far as I could see. Uh, you know, Lloris, uh, Hugo, Hugo, I, I think is for the most part has been pretty amazing this year. He had no chance. He had no chance on that, um, and I think it had to do, had something to do with the fact that that with Dyer's hesitation, right? Um, but you know, when you have somebody like Hoiberg, who is again, like we said last week, constantly running around the field, directing everything, screaming at people, keeping people engaged, and, and you know, just being that energy on the field. When he hit that strike, man, well, he was probably, what, 18, 20 out? Holy cow, man. Um, you can you can really see his, his level of commitment. And, and I think uh, that was the bright spot of this game. Um, you know, Mo Salah had that had a goal disallowed too, so that's one to one, I guess. Um, but you know, I, I think Liverpool is it, they had their run of five or six games, or they were just not on not on cue, you know. So, and and they want they they came out and they got it right against us. So is and at this point with with injuries and stuff, I. I, I couldn't have imagined how we could have beat them at, at, after that halftime. I mean, you know, came out flat, ended up staying flat with the exception of the Hoiberg goal. So, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I mean, for me, that game 
started with probably the worst possible lineup he could have put out there, in my opinion. Um, and when I say worst possible, I mean specifically Darty. He's not a player who has shown he can play out of position. He doesn't want to. He's incapable of it. Whatever it is, it's just not going to work. So to see Jose put out two wingbacks where you think, okay, maybe if Darty's on the right, you get something out of him. But to start him on the left, that was a non-starter for me right off the bat. It just made absolutely no sense. And you saw he was he was just not contributing at all in that game. He was a liability out on the left. You know, credit where it's due, Mourinho clearly saw that it wasn't working, the formation wasn't working. But what does he do? He pulls Aurier and puts Darty on the right in a back four where he's still out of position. Yes, he's on the right side of the field, but that's not where he does his best work. So again, you've got him playing in a spot where he's going to be ineffective and a liability. And sure enough, right away in the second half, he goes and he's a liability. I mean, I just I don't understand why he was the one that, that wasn't pulled off. I mean, if, if the rumors are true and, you know, maybe – Aurier and Mourinho had a bit of a, a spat in the locker room there. I understand why Doherty was put there, but I mean, and maybe hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever it might be. I would have pulled him too. You know, if you're going to take Aurier off, pull Doherty too. Put Tanganga on there. Put anybody else in there. You know, Sissoko right back. That would have been preferred. You know, I, I had a list of players that I would preferred in that position than Doherty. And I mean, it's just, it, it, it blows my mind that he still keeps getting all of these opportunities and he just blows it every time. He's like Sanchez for me, you know, um, just isn't offering anything useful to the team at this point. And it's, it's hard because he was brought on. You saw it elevated RA's game at the beginning of the season. You thought, okay, maybe he's going to be able to contribute something. And he's just done the opposite. He's, he's given nothing to the team to the point where I think, you know, count your losses, sell them for peanuts and, and get somebody else who can perform. Um, but man, that's where it all fell apart for me. Um, that one change, because if, if it's, you know, what was rumored was true and there was that spat at halftime with Aurier that then made it so that they couldn't discuss tactics and come out with any kind of game plan, I mean, that's on Jose. He he picked the wrong starting lineup. He picked the wrong substitution. And that cost the game for Liverpool. Um, I agree with you, Mike, that one bright spot being Hoiberg and that brilliant goal. I thought Ndombele had a great game. Uh, I thought Rodon had an actually pretty good game aside from his mistake. I thought he was probably the best defender out there until then. Um, and even after then, you know, he, he didn't put his head down and, and you know, start wallowing in, in self-pity or anything. He got out there and he he kept playing. So, you know, credit where it's due there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just Darty in and of himself was – was that, that cost us the game, in, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, what else is there for me to say? <laughs> I think that's about it. Let's uh... – Let's leave that one in, in the past. Let's move on to another brutal showing today. And I I guess I'd like to start with, with talking about Brighton and first say, 
you know, obviously the Kane injury is huge, right? Like you don't replace Harry Kane. But I have to admit, I had I had this slight bit of optimism that, you know, with Harry on the field, all the offense has to go through Harry for the most part. And and we've seen in the past when Harry's not around, Sonny has has taken charge sometimes even more than than normal. We see we've seen Lucas uh, with a little bit more room to to move, maneuver and operate, able to get things done. And I was really curious what Bale might look like, you know, with with Harry not there and able to navigate space. And I gotta admit, when I saw the the starting lineups today, I wasn't thrilled about seeing Sissoko on the right. I actually wasn't thrilled about seeing Davis or Davies on the left. Definitely wasn't excited about Sanchez. Was glad that he got yanked off at halftime. But you know, I was excited about seeing Bergwine, Bale, and Son up front. You know, I, I was excited about seeing what might possibly happen and was was flabbergasted at how that actually played out. Like, you know, my my takeaways from today, slowness was something that really, really got to me today. There, there was a, at about four or five minutes, there was a, a, a weak shot on goal by Brighton that went off the left post and Hugo literally just stood in concrete and watched watch that ball sail past him and hit the post. And and I'm thinking to myself, like, how can you do that and be the caliber of, of goalie that he is? Um, I don't even think he was paying attention, man. No, you're probably right. That's probably how you do that. You know, I felt the same thing about Toby earlier. Toby, uh, uh, Davis got beat ugly on, on the goal. Toby was looking slow, but Toby redeemed himself with some phenomenal blocks throughout the course of the game, including one late that, that – um, could have been like a, a, a draw saving uh, block, perhaps had we had we bothered to put the ball in the goal. But passing was was all over the place. You know, there was no crispness, there was no consistency, there was nothing going on. And you know, seeing those attackers that I was so excited about, they they were all invisible. Bergwine showed some spurts in in the first half where I'd get a little bit excited when he had the ball and felt like maybe something was going to happen, but it would fall apart, and he turned the ball over. I think I saw a stat that Bergwijn and Sissoko had like 23 and 21 turnovers today, something to that effect. They were the they were the highest on the pitch. Um, but Sonny was invisible, and you know, I, there's definitely this pattern of when Sun is invisible, we do not win games, and and that that has continued um, without question. And then, kind of a pet peeve, I shared this with you guys before we started, but you know. I see in training, I see all these examples of, of uh, these professional athletes um, having a great time, smiling, laughing, yucking it up, playing, you know, tech ball and playing various little, uh, you know, ring around the rosy type of games. And then I see them come out on a, on a weekend and show no spirit and show no passion and show no drive. And I, I'm having a hard time reconciling that with myself. You know, if, if that was a high school team, I could imagine what the coach of a high school team might be saying to their players and they wouldn't be playing games. They'd, uh, they'd, they'd have a different type of focus in training. And I'll admit that I'm struggling with that. We'll get to, you know, what does this mean in the Jose era a little bit later on, but I'm struggling with what we see during the week in training and then how that plays out on the weekend. So um, those are my thoughts on today. Let me, uh, let me go to Steve. Steve, what, what was your, your take on today's match? Lineups, execution, kind of everything in general. You know, Dave, before I get there, just to, you know, jump on to, to that training comment, it, you know, it's really getting to the point where I would just love to watch, you know, Spurs TV post a video of them just running drills, you know, sprinting up and down the field, sweating and, and looking like they're near death from, you know, just 
the work that they're putting in. Like, that's what I want to see at this point. I'm, I'm done with the happy. I'm done with the, the games. You know, it's cute. It's fun, whatever. But, you know, if they're not going to put effort in on the weekend, I want to see them put effort in during the week. You know, that's that's something I, I think the team should probably look at. Um, but, yeah, so lineup, looking at the game, I mean, I said well ahead of this game, you know, last night when I when I sent the email out to everybody, if if they don't take advantage of having a goal scorer substitute available for Kane, it's going to be a miserable game. And sure enough, when that team sheet came out and you saw Vinicius on the bench, you saw Lucas on the bench, like I just threw my hands up, like, what are we doing? You know, in the past we played Sun up front because we really didn't have any other option when Kane went injured. We have an option now. He's not playing, um, you know, and, and I see comments on Reddit. Oh, well, you know, he's scoring against, you know, Eastern European farmer teams and, and championship level teams. It's like, yeah, but, you know, he's scoring. You know, you can't say Bergwijn's scoring. You can't say, you know, Lamella's scoring. This guy's actually putting the ball in. Give him the chance put him on you know he's got to be the guy who starts he's got to be the guy that you that you rely on um you know and five defenders i mean this is brighton they're bottom of the table this isn't a team that you sit back and defend against like this is a team especially coming off a miserable defeat against liverpool that you go out and you attack jose did not set the team up to do that he set the team up to be kind of lazy and defensive and try to hit on the counter and they just couldn't do it and by the time he made the changes that needed to be made he took sanchez off he got vinicius on he took bail off he got lucas on those two players had our best chances in the second half i don't think they had enough time to impact the game they needed to be the ones starting and they weren't to me this was a tactical mess up from jose wrong tactics wrong personnel we paid the price for it and you knew as soon as they scored that goal all they had to do was just close up shop and that was it spurs weren't going to penetrate them they didn't have the quality to do so when they did get the opportunities they were late on and only after the subs were made i mean Jose shot us in the foot today. That was miserable. And, you know, anybody, I think, could have seen that coming as soon as that team sheet went out. Um, <laughs> I could talk on and on about how just wrong those tactics were, but but I think I'll save save some of this uh, airtime here for Mike to, to get a word <laughs> in edgewise. Uh, Mike never struggles with getting a word in. We, he's, he's all good. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? I'll interrupt the hell out of you all day long, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I honestly like uh, got up this morning and I felt pretty good about the day. Had a lot of meetings this morning. Uh, you know, I love the Zoom thing. It's gets really fun. Uh, the reason we're doing it sucks, but I had a great feeling. And then uh, I don't know. I saw a couple of matches today, and I the the the, the Leeds match actually. Uh, went the way that I wanted it to. Yeah, that was a great match. That was fun to watch. Yeah, right. So (laughs) at that point, that's when I started going, oh, shit, something bad's going to happen. Because we never, ever, Spurs never take advantage. Like, if you could say, you know, the most New England thing about Spurs today, you'd say, man, that was wicked fucking Spursy, you know? That's kind of 
that's kind of uh, the, the the reason we're we're doing this is is kind of maybe help get get ourselves over the over the hump of the of of the Spurs letdown, the weekly Spurs letdown. But um, let's get to uh, what I thought about today. Um, I am a big Lucas supporter. I expected him to be in there. Um, he wasn't. Bergwine was in there uh, playing on a side that I don't think that he really looks comfortable playing on. I know that's where he was playing when he scored his first goal um, in his opening match for Spurs. But I don't necessarily think he feels comfortable playing on that left side. Um, and then you look over to the other side and you get a guy who hasn't started a Premier League game yet this year, Gareth Bale. Um and in the games that he's been playing in, he looks kind of I, – I don't see the fire in his eyes. Like, you know, you used to see with Gareth Bale. Um, I don't think he – like, the, the, the myth of Gareth, of Gareth Bale, um, I don't think he scares anybody anymore. So he goes out there looking all cool with his fresh haircut and his man bun. Um and doesn't really do much of anything. I saw out of bail today. I saw a lot of a lot of passing in a wild, wide open spaces where there was no attacking, no attacking player. Um, the, the 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 crosses were weak and low. Um, sometimes in directly into players. Um, and I, I I really don't think he was really making much of an effort out there. Um, that said, um, again, the the reason that our attack didn't work today, and Steve is absolutely correct, is the fact that, of course, you don't have a, a, a traditional striker on. You put Sonny in the middle there, and Sonny can play anywhere, right? I mean, he that that guy could he could literally play anywhere, and and a lot of it is because of his pace and his and his IQ. Uh, his on-field IQ, but, but you know, he's the guy. He's our guy on the left. You have Vinicius, you have Lucas, and and if you know, you know, I hear a lot of these, um, a lot of people saying, oh, well, yeah, we have Lucas, but we also have Bergwijn, and he's he's better than Lucas. I don't necessarily know that that's true right now. I, I haven't seen a lot out of Bergwijn that is really exciting to me. Um, does that have a lot to do with the, the, the tactics and the positioning possibly, but you know, today was, it was a mess. It was just a mess. I don't, I don't think anybody had direction on the field at all. Um, outside of Ndombele, that guy, how many times I, I bet if, if you looked at possession, I bet he probably was I would say 30 to 40% of the game's possession, <laughs> the game's entire possession. Um, you know, I, I think, I think we got dominated um, on, on, on the, by the, by the counterattacking of, of Brighton. Um, we got dominated by guys like Sully Marsh, you know, and that's that while he's a nice player, you know, he's a nice player for Brighton. I, that, that kind of, that, that's gotta really get you down. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Trissard had that beautiful goal. 
it was, it was a nice goal. And uh, we were we were unprepared coming into the game. Hey, Mike, I'm not sure. You kind of froze up on us a little bit, Mike. I'm not sure. If oh, you did I freeze? Oh, oh. You're, you're back with us now. You're good. You're talking about <laughs> Trissard's goal. Is that? You were talking oh, about. I, is that where I froze? Okay. I'm yeah. The rest of my rambling didn't. That. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Trissard's goal was. Uh, it was a beautiful goal. It was a. I, I think it was. It was clinical. It was what you usually see out of Spurs. What we saw out of Spurs in the beginning of the season. Um, we're just seeing it now, and I, I don't know that it's if it's these tactics, the guys he's putting out there, they don't trust each other. You know, you have you have a, a link up combination with Harry Kane and Sonny, and it, you know they're developing, you know, and Dombele into that link up too. You remove one of those links, the chain falls apart, right? So, no question. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think that these guys are. They trust each other right now. That's, I think that's what it is. And um, Jose's not doing anything to help himself with that. You're absolutely right. I'm trying to think if there's a silver lining anywhere, and I'm trying to think of players we saw today where I could walk away and saying, "Yeah, I, I was pleased with his performance." And I think if you ask me that question, my answer would be, "Ndombele was Ndombele. Like he, he's proving every match that he is." an elite footballer handling the ball, working over defenses. And he got, he got pounded pretty hard today. You know, he was, yeah, he was banged he up. on. Up and he got both feet stepped on. He got both feet <laughs> stepped on. And he, you know, he, he, let's admit it. Like he, he moves a little bit awkwardly, right? Especially when he's injured, he, he looks like he's, you know, about to fall over, but he would recover. Right? So I was pleased with Ndombele. Hoybier was Hoybier. You know, he did what he does on the field. And while I can't quantify it, I like what I see in Joe Roden. Um, I, I, I like him with the ball at his feet. I like his hustle. He's got an intensity. He's a young kid. He, he makes some mistakes, but I think, you know, I think there's definitely something there. And I mentioned earlier, you know, Toby was slow because Toby's getting older, but Toby made some phenomenal stops, um, and put his body in the way and, and, um, was impressive, you know, on the whole. What'd you guys think? Any, anybody else yeah, that, separate that jumped that, out that of you? Toby, that, that Toby stop, uh, on the open goal from uh, Connolly, who, uh, like, I, I don't know. That guy probably is probably sitting in the dressing room happy with his win, but probably killing himself right now for not putting that in. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know what happened with Toby there, but he ended, he ended up with a mouthful of blood. Um, and then he was complaining to the ref about something, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, he was telling the ref, like, he hit me two times or something like that. Yeah, but you never, right, yeah. never saw it. Con- Con- Connolly's a notoriously dirty player anyway, but... Um, it, it probably has to do with you know he's a little dude and he needs to he, he's got to push his he's got to push himself around and you know it's not like Lucas Mora who's gonna who's a little dude and he's gonna jump over the top of you and and run all around you you know so I mean that's what I love about Lucas is that he's got that he's got an infectious energy that I th- I think really translates in it and it, and you saw it today a little bit but you know you can't do much when you're out there for twenty minutes. You did the only chances, I think Steve said this, the only real chances were when Carlos and Lucas came on the field and, and the intensity jumped up. Steve, uh, any silver lining for you? Anything you saw out of our players that you liked? I mean, it's, it's like I said, Vinicius and Lucas, I mean, the silver lining will be if they both start against Chelsea. 
if they don't, then I don't know what else needs to happen before Jose figures it out that we need the striker. And you've already got somebody who knows how to kind of work with him. Uh, I agree with you 100% on Rodon. He was he's got that i think for me it's his attitude right you've got a lot of players who they don't look like they could really be bothered to do much Rodon isn't one of them he messes up he learns from it he keeps going he doesn't find himself defeated he's always picking himself up and and pushing forward um and i mean and, and dombele i mean what else is there to say about him as soon as he got subbed off i knew the game was over you know there was nothing else coming from midfield and you know, if they hadn't gotten anything before then, they sure weren't going to get it after he went off the field. So, you know, whether or not we see a true silver lining all depends on what formation comes out against Chelsea this week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move to the big picture. Um, and we may have just lost. Oh, Steve's back with us. Uh, so end of the Potch era. Actually, after the Champions League final, you know, Potch talked about a painful rebuild was was in order, right? And uh, that got some discussion. It never quite got fleshed out, and clearly the bad start to last season, Potch didn't last uh, long enough, and here we are. My question for you guys is, so where are we in the midst of that painful rebuild? You know, the needs haven't gone away. New manager comes in, new tactics. Hot start to this season, if we wanted to put it that way, but... Um, you know, we are what we are in some ways. So why don't we start out uh, with Steve? What do you think in terms of the painful rebuild, where we are in the in the scheme of that entire process? I, I think I said last week, we're probably two or three players away from really being a, a good competitive team. And I still believe that that's the case. Um, so in terms of a rebuild, I don't think it's it's necessarily this big thing anymore i think it's you know we're, we're almost done we just need to put you know the icing on the cake as it were uh you know to really have it be complete right now i feel if nothing else we are in um damage control mode where you know we're in a rut things aren't going our way whether it's you know jose's tactics or the players aren't um quite buying into it or you know whatever might be going on behind the scenes that's that's interrupting uh, how spurs are playing whatever it might be something's wrong something needs to be figured out and they really need to claw their way out of this you know kind of this this abyss they're in of just poor performance poor attitude uh, you know i talked last week about how jose came in and he kind of instilled this mentality that you feel spurs could really come back and get something that's deteriorated over the last couple of games. I mean, it, it gets to the point where, you know, and I think Brighton game today was a absolute perfect example of it. As soon as Ndombele came off, I felt the game was over. I felt there was nothing else that Spurs could do to, to get it. Um, I mean, really, I felt that way after the first goal went in and we still didn't have a striker on. Um, but, you know, something needs to change. Um, if we see the same, you know, three four three formation against Chelsea on Thursday, I'm going to be at a loss because that's you know that's us trying to do the exact same thing that we tried at Liverpool and it didn't go well. We tried it at Brighton, it didn't go well. There's a time and a place for it, 
but it's it just hasn't been working. We don't have the personnel for it. If we had, you know, Reggie on fit, if Aurier was in in top form, if we didn't have to rely on Sanchez on on defense, that's a perfectly valid way for us to get out there and play the counterattacking game that would get us results against some of these teams like the Liverpool or like Chelsea on on you know this Thursday. The fact of the matter is we don't have those personnel available. And so we shouldn't be lining up that way. We need to play to our strengths. In this case, I think, you know, going into the Chelsea game, if, if we don't see that back four, if we don't see a Hoybjerg Sissoko midfield, um, you know, to, to protect them and look for a Vinicius to hold up play, to pull Sun in, to pull Lucas in, to pull Bergwijn in, whoever is up there, um, you know, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, you know, name of the game is just try to find something else that works because what we've been doing lately isn't it. Um, and Jose's got some some big choices to make, I think. I don't think he can blame not having uh, a, a full team of, of, of his players because, I mean, two or three away, yeah, I get it. Um, but we're also halfway through the season. You know what the team's capable of. More importantly, you know what they're not capable of. And we do have options. It's up to Jose to pick the right options and really get the tactics right, um, which he hasn't done these last couple of games. And I know he's capable of doing so. He just, I guess, you know, really needs to to pull the trigger here and, and you know, take some take some risk is what it is. Um, too much, he's trying to play it safe, I think. Uh, and, and, you know, he sees that we're missing some key players and he thinks, okay, well, if we can just hold on defensively and hit him on the counter, great. That's fine and it can work, but, you know, I don't think we've got the personnel to hit them on the counter right now. I think we try too much to long ball over the top or to try to play through Ndombele. It's not working. You need to find a different way to get the ball forward. In this case, I think it's got to be Ndombele is a number 10 um, you get a Lucas or a Bergwijn outright. I think, you know, at this point in the season, either one of them is going to do the job that's required of them. Uh, Son obviously out left and you need Vinicius up top. If nothing else, he occupies the defenders. He lets, um, you know, Son or Lucas slash Bergwijn slash even Lamella move past him on the, on the wide side. Um, but without him there, I mean, there's just, there's nothing. It's it's like running at a brick wall over and over again. Nobody's going to be able to penetrate. Everybody, you know, they're all wingers we saw today starting off. They're all making the exact same runs. Nobody's doing anything different. There's no variation. It's It, it doesn't work. We need something different. That's where we are right now. Yeah, you, you covered that pretty comprehensively there, Steve. Because of that, Mike, I want to throw a curveball at you if this is okay. Uh, this is not on our running order, so we're making this one up, and we'll see what happens. Sweet, I could never hit a curveball, so that's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. All right, how about a how about a nice underhand pitch then? Um, so here's here's what's on my mind. You know, I'm I'm thinking about transfers. I'm thinking about all the rumors you hear about Delhi going to PSG, and then you see in those same rumors, well, Delhi would only leave if. Uh, we could get Erickson, but Ender's not going to share Erickson, right? Like just all that type of stuff. And then, as you as you try to wrap your head around our midfield, you know, we know that the Hoybier Sissoko midfield that that pairing works. We know that when you throw Winks into the mix, it gets a little funky depending on the on the opponent. Um, 
what I'm thinking about is Lacelso, right? Like he's he's a guy who's easily forgotten, and I think it's still up for debate whether he and Ndombele can play together in a midfield and accomplish what needs to be accomplished. But I'm kind of wondering, like the the talk about transfers, the talk about the Ericsson, the the Delhi, etc. Where does Lacelso fit into all this? Um, is, to Steve's point, is he one of the two or three players, or is he just surplus to to what we? what we need in the midfield and we need different types of guys because we need a center back. We probably need another goalie in the next couple of years. You know, like, is there a different approach? Like, where's your head, Mike, on what we truly need to fill that two or three players to finish the the somewhat rebuild that Steve alluded to? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Lo Celso. Uh, the fact that he's he's injured a lot, you know? Um, Definitely. He's, 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 not, he's not on the pitch. I, I, I really think... Um, if you watch any of the World Cup qualifiers, uh, he, boy, his he is brilliant on the field. He really is. Um, he gets the ball forward. He gets he gets he gets the uh, he, he gets the crosses into his attacking players uh, when he, when he's in that position. Um, his passing is his passing his vision is. I. I I, I really enjoy LaSalle, but how can you rely on a guy who's so often injured? Um, and, and, you know, right now, just the fact that we're, we're talking about, we're not getting rid of Delhi unless Erickson comes back. You know, I mean, Eric, what did Erickson do for us in that last year? You know, I, he cared so little about the team and so much about himself that he was basically out there throwing games so that they would get rid of him. They got rid of him and now he wants to come back. I, I, I don't know. You, do you want that snake to bite you in the hand again? So when, when I think about guys like LaCelso, I, 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 I think we desperately need LaCelso back right now. We need guys like Regulon back. Um, we need guys with good pace. We need guys to play in the position that that they that they are strong playing. You know, we can't have we can't have Doherty shifting all around the field the entire game. You know, I I guarantee Doherty's Doherty is a good player. He's good enough to play in this league. He's not going to be good playing in a position that he doesn't want to play. He's just one of those guys. You know, you have team guys. Who, I, what I think, it, you know, we talked about last week, um, and we have till 4 o'clock tomorrow to uh, to hook up uh, Marcel Sabitzer. <laughs> um, you want to you strengthen that midfield. You know, I mean, that's the way you're going to do it. I don't think Christian Eriksen, and, and, and this is getting to a little bit of the, the discussion on, um, where we are in this rebuild. Um, again, I think we're close, but you can't put a Band-Aid on a, on a, on a, on a cannonball hole in, in the side of a ship because you're still going to take on water. And that's exactly what Erickson is, is a Band-Aid. You know, he may come out and he'll give you a little bit of what he used to have, but, you know, when you go to a team you want to go to and it doesn't work out, how does that affect your psyche? 
and a lot of these guys like they have to they have to be mentally there in order to perform at the level that they're supposed to perform at so you know i i again i don't think we're going to be doing much in the transfer market come four o'clock tomorrow we just don't have the money i mean you look at liverpool rich is one of the richest sporting organizations in in the world or is the richest and they just went out and signed a center back uh oddly enough named ben davies um for three million you know why because they don't have money you know so you're not seeing any big teams making big splashes right um so i don't see us doing anything by four o'clock tomorrow um deli alley is still going to be here um i think you might need to find a way to get Delhi's mind back in the game. And if putting him in and playing him minutes does that, he's going to be some days the most talented guy on the pitch. Whether you have Harry Kane out there or Son or, you know, Christian Kulisic, you know, guys like that. Um, he is young he's exciting it's just his head isn't there and he needs a different type of motivation than jose is willing to give him and i think that motivation can be playing time so all right so that's a great segue to talking about jose so last week we we all kind of said are you a, is jose your guy or not and we all kind of agreed like yeah there, there's there's a lot there and certainly not ready to to jump ship um on on that project right but i guess let's return to that question and it's not is jose your guy but in the context of the rebuild and the players we need to acquire you know do, do you do you want them to be Mourinho players or do you want them to be players who are going to excel regardless of who the coach is because let's be honest there will be a time in the next one two or three years where there will be a different manager leading Spurs, right? We can just anticipate that that's going to be a reality. Um, how does Jose fit into this this rebuild overall and, and the process of, of getting better? Steve, what's your, what's your reaction or your thought on that? Yeah, for me, I mean, Jose is going to be somebody who's always going to be able to get us talent, you know? And, and by talent, I mean like the established end product. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see more and more you know, international players uh, who are more willing to come on and sign on with the Jose team because he's a, he's a serial winner. He's he's won cups everywhere he goes. Uh, especially if Spurs manage to win, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, what whatever Europa League, uh, he's definitely going to be able to uh, bring on the, the players that we really need. I mean, I, I would say if we manage to win at least one. Uh, of these cups this season, summer comes, it's going to be that much easier to get somebody like a Sabitzer. We've got Jose. He's won silverware for us. Um, I mean, what, what's not to love? The the nice thing for me about these players is that they are talented enough to work under other managers as long as those managers are able to deal with, you know, some of the egos that are there. Um, that's the big caveat right? You're not going to get somebody who's kind of young and, and trying to establish themselves to come in and take a Jose player and really make it work. I mean, it, it's, 
you know, it's sort of like a catch 22. You're going to get somebody who's, who's the quality that you need. But if you go the route of looking for somebody who, you know, maybe it's, it's like their step up, you know, Spurs is their step up from a, a management perspective, they may or may not be able to handle, you know, whoever these players are. Um, so it kind of puts us in a tricky situation. Um, for me, I would rather bring on those younger players who are willing, who are talented and willing to learn rather than, you know, the 27, 28 year old established, you know, veteran who, yes, they're going to be an immediate, uh, you know, solve to one of the problems we have. But to your point, if Jose's gone in two or three years, they may not perform for whoever comes in next. And to be honest, the next person that we get after Jose, it needs to be somebody I think who is, um, you know, younger, promising with fresh ideas because, I, I don't. I can't see Spurs surviving another manager who's kind of looking at you know the same tried and true tactics. You know, we're seeing uh, other clubs innovate. We're seeing other clubs, you know, try different things, try fresh, new, exciting things. And you know, does it always work? No, sure, of course not. Um, but when it does, it just feels that much better. And I think that's the, that's the manager that Spurs need to move on to next after Jose. Um, and if Jose's going to sign anybody that's more of like that, you know, future manager problem, uh, it needs to be somebody young enough to know that, uh, you know, they can be talented here or we can always sell them, get the money. They can be talented somewhere else and we can bring, you know, the next guy's, you know, tried and true guy in. But you're not going to get that with a 28-year-old who's going to be 30 when Jose, you know, maybe moves on. And you're not going to get the full dollar value for them. So you're not going to be able to reinvest. It's got to be the young players. And and we can get that. We 100% can get that player with Jose in. Um, but and I, I think Levy's going to be very smart about who, who does come in. Um, and more importantly, who we sell and how much we get for them. So, yeah, I mean, Josie's the, the kind of guy that players are going to want to play with, I guess, in summation. And it's, it's kind of up to, if, if nothing else, this whole COVID situation to determine what we're actually capable of bringing in this summer. Cause I think Mike's 100% right. We're not seeing anybody in the January window, it's all going to be saved for summer when I think clubs have a better understanding of, you know, how the world economy is going to be, uh, you know, for lack of a, of a better word. Yeah. One correction there though, Steve, I saw today, we did sell young Maurizio Pochettino to Watford just to, to add that to your, your transfer list. So, so that you're, oh, no. yeah, exactly. exactly. We're ruined. Yeah. Mike, what, what do you Brother, think? Another Poch is gone. Bingo. Yeah. Officially cleared Poch out. out. <laughs> what do you what are you thinking, Mike, in terms of the the rebuild and how Jose fits into that and the future? What do you think? Well, Jose, come on, Jose doesn't fit into that. Um, Jose, again, like I said last week, is Jose's here for Jose's legacy, um, and if he can get and if he can get the players to buy into it, that's pretty awesome. Um, but you know, he's going to do what he did everywhere else and he's going to stick around for a couple of years get himself a trophy and then move along um are you okay I, with that I mike you okay of, with that go ahead are you okay with that oh am i okay uh, um 
God. Do you want a trophy? Heck yeah. Of course you want a trophy. Um, am I okay with it? Yeah. I, I, I think it says a lot about management to stick with is to stick with or to, to sign a guy that they know has a history of doing that thing. Um, though he was, he was sacked at Chelsea. Right. So, I mean, he didn't just leave Chelsea, but, um, you know, I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of, of the stuff that, you know, got him booted from, from Manchester United. Um, you're seeing that kind of stuff. He's throwing players under the bus all the time. He, you know, he's, he's kind of combative and kind of sarcastic with, with the press. Um, you've seen a lot of those things that, that people don't like out of Jose, um, which gives him this, the, it gives him that, that the legend of Jose, you know, is that he does what he does and then he moves along. So, I, I I don't necessarily th- I think he's a part of the rebuild. Sure he is, could because he's going to be one of those guys who comes in and he's you know like a Bill Parcells. He, he's going to get players to come play for him, and he's going to he's really good at getting players to buy into his tactics. You saw it early in the season, um, which is why I'm, I'm I'm really just mystified at the fact that that they, that we're we have to switch up the tactics so often now with what was working earlier. What is, what changed that he had to say, Nope, now we're three, four, three, you know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. If, you know, I even tried to, I tried to switch it on uh, FIFA the other day, my son, and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Cause the base is four, four, two, three, one, you know? And, uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, switching to the three, four, three. That's what Jose does. And he said, nah, he goes, you got to go back to what's working. You know, my eight year old said that He goes, that doesn't work. And sure enough, you know, I got beat with the three, four, three, um, by him, but you know, that, that video games and goofiness aside, um, honestly, Jose is not going to be there forever. Um, we gotta find players that are that are gonna be able to adjust to any kind of system for the next manager that comes in, and they have to be like Steve said. They, we're gonna have to find some young players, exciting players. We're not gonna find them now. We may not even find them in the summer, but over the next couple of years, you're gonna you're gonna see if Jose doesn't do it, Levy is gonna be smart about it. You know, he's not gonna he's. I think he wanted to make a splash with Jose saying, Hey, we're Tottenham. We're still here. We have a new stadium. We have a new manager. You know, we have, we have a flashy new car and guess what? We have another flashy new car. So, you know, Levy's not stupid. He does things on purpose. The things he does are on purpose, whether it's selling a player, whether it's putting money somewhere else in the organization, he's going to find a guy that's going to be the best for the team at the time. So, I mean, I would like to see a new manager, uh, but just not now. Now's not the time. You don't, you don't just go sack 
Jose because he's had a run of bad games or he's, you know, sent or he's sent uh, somebody like Aurier off to, you know, Mongolia or wherever it is, wherever it is, he's going to be transferred to because Jose, you know, had a fight with him in the locker room. It's yeah, very, it's very, very true. And it, I just, I just start rambling for no reason. But uh, uh, quite honestly, like, I think this run of this run of games has kind of gotten me down a little bit. But we're going to be back, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this affect us. You know, our our group of our, our group of Vermont Spurs. You know, it's not going to affect us going going forward in our lives. Um, we'll get through this, and Spurs are going to be perfectly fine in the next five, 10 years, whether it's winning all kinds of trophies or middle of the table. Yeah. And amazingly, like, again, trying to look for that silver lining, um, rough week that we've all seen happen this week. We, we saw, we saw a Spurs side that um, maybe overachieved to start the season and who knows, maybe achieving right where they should be achieving at the moment. But even with the, the bad run of form lately, Still sixth in the table. Uh, you know, winning the league is out of the question, in my opinion. That That's not going to happen. But there's still a shot at top four. There's certainly a shot at, at, at top six. And we're still alive in, I believe, three competitions? Or or are we still alive in four competitions? Well, you could say we're not in the Prem. But, yeah, we're still in three competitions, including a final already on the books. So all things considered, there, there are some bright spots to, to look at. So... My hope is when we get together next week, we'll have had two more matches that we can speak about and maybe we have some positive stuff to talk about. So we've got coming up on Thursday, Chelsea at home. Doesn't matter with no fans in the stands, but Chelsea at home. And then we have West Brom at home on Sunday morning, another one of those 7 a.m. matches that I spoke about a little bit earlier. So we'll get together in a week. We'll we'll process what we've seen. And uh, in the meantime... Grateful to connect with you guys. Grateful for whoever's out there listening to what we have to say. And talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Be safe, everyone.